Good morning, friends. Uh, today I want to focus on Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 30. We'll get to that a little bit later. And <clears throat> the, my working title is Even If Faithfulness. You know, if you, like me, have ever been to Yellowstone National Park, you no doubt took the time to see its greatest attraction. I'm not talking about Yogi Bear and Boo Boo. I think they were at Jellystone. I'm talking about that geyser known as Old Faithful. A geyser, as you know, is a natural spring characterized by an intermittent upward gush of water as high as 200 feet in the air. To see one in action is a pretty breathtaking experience. With most geysers, you don't know exactly when they'll erupt, but Old Faithful, you can just about set your watch by it. Since 1870, when it was first identified by an expedition of explorers, uh, there have been more than one million eruptions recorded, and that comes down to one eruption about every hour or so, give or take 15 minutes. Now, the eruption of any geyser would be fascinating to watch, but this one is especially fascinating because of its incredible consistency. <clears throat> day in, day out, hour after hour, whether the weather is good or bad, whether the park is open or closed, whether the crowds are big or small or non-existent, Old Faithful is sure to gush forth. <clears throat> it doesn't even matter who's in office or what's trending on Twitter or how the dollar stacks up against foreign currency. Old, erupt, old Faithful will erupt some 20 or so times every day, and people find that kind of consistency remarkable enough to stop what they're doing and observe it in action. There's something to be said for consistency, for faithfulness. Now, recently I've been studying and reading on the fruit of the Spirit, looking at each quality evident in the Spirit-filled life and noticing how each one is unique, different from the others. For example, joy is an emotion that you can expect to experience daily. Peace could also be considered an emotion. Kindness is an attitude that drives our interactions with other people. Goodness has nothing to, at all to do with our feelings, but is an action that's determined on a case-by-case -case basis. But faithful, as we will see today, is, a, is unique in that it is a title that one earns <clears throat> over the course of time. You could say that it is a title reserved for the last lap of life's race. Faithful is not just a one-time momentary event. It is a day-in, day-out process of consistency. Eugene Peterson, in the Message Translation of the Bible, defined faithfulness as a long obedience in the same direction. So let's consider, first of all, the faithfulness of God. So we're called to be faithful because God is faithful, and in him we see the perfect example of faithfulness. Just a few verses. He's faithful to himself, meaning that he never does anything that is inconsistent with his character. Psalm 89.8, who is like your Lord God Almighty. You, Lord, are mighty, and your faithfulness surrounds you. He's also faithful to his word. Psalm 145.13, uh, the Lord is faithful to keep all his promises and loving toward all he has made. Well, he's also faithful to his people, faithful to take care of them, watch over them. And you see this again and again in the biblical narrative. For example, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 9. He will keep you strong to the end, <clears throat> so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, is faithful. And then when we face temptation, he's faithful. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what uh, you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. 
Well, he's also faithful when we fall and when we fail. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's First John 1 John 1.9. I think I said that already. And, and when we're under attack, he's faithful. Second Thessalonians 3.3. 3. But the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. And I could go on and on, but suffice it to say that God calls us to be faithful because he is faithful and that faithfulness is demonstrated to us by him again and again and again. That's because, as Lamentations 3.23 says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. But just as you can count on the sun to rise each day, you can count on the faithfulness of God's mercy and steadfast love each and every day. He's faithful, and he wants you and me to be faithful. Now, some of you may be ready to say, well, if faithfulness is consistency in character, I'm the most inconsistent person I know. If faithfulness is keeping one's promises, I've racked up way too many broken promises. And if faithfulness is dependability, I'm not very proud of my record there either. Now, friends, none of us are as faithful in every area as we ought to be or as we want to be. That's why it's important for us to remember that earning the title of faithful servant is an extended journey. Over the course of time, we learn to grow in faithfulness. It's a long obedience in the same direction. So this morning, I want to talk to you about how to cultivate the quality of faithfulness. We're going to take a closer look at a parable where Jesus tells us about a man who about to leave on a journey called his servants, gave them a certain amount of money, each according to their ability. You probably know the story. One servant received five talents, another one was given two, another one was given one. Now, a talent is a measure of money worth about $1,000, the equivalent of several fortunes back then, so each servant, even the last one, had quite a bit of capital to work with. The one who was given five doubled his money, turned it into ten. The master said, in effect, good job, you were faithful in this area, I'll give you even more. The second servant was given two, doubled his money, turned into four, and the master again said, good job, now I'll give you even more. Of course, the servant who was given one talent said, in effect, master, I was afraid of what you might do if I'd lost this money, so I just buried it in the ground to keep it safe. So here's the money you gave me, it's all there, we're even, Stephen. And the master said, no, we're not even, Stephen. You're wicked, you're lazy, you could have at least put it in the bank and let it earn interest so give your talent to the one who has ten, and you go outside where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, there are many lessons to be learned from this story. The lesson we're going to focus on today is what it teaches us about cultivating the quality of faithfulness. Now, wherever you may currently fall on the faithfulness spectrum, today you can begin taking steps to move you in the right direction. See, the parable teaches us three ways to cultivate the quality. Well, first of all, start today with what you have even if it doesn't seem like much. Now, we tend to think that we have less to work with than we actually have. That's because we often compare ourselves unfavorably with other people. I mean, look at their abundance. Look at my meager amount. I read recently of the results of a survey in which most millionaires, that's about 70% of them, don't consider themselves wealthy. Now, they're in the 1% of global wealth distribution, but it seems like nothing compared to the mega-wealthy. Maybe that was the problem with the servant who received only one talent. But as I mentioned, in those days, a talent was a lot of money, a semi-fortune. You could do a lot with it. See, God never calls you to be faithful what he hasn't given you. He only expects you to be faithful with what you have. And yet I hear people say, well, if I just had more money, I could manage it well. 
but the truth is that there's nothing stopping us from doing our best with the little we have today. I've heard people say, well, if I had a decent job, I'd work harder. Or if I lived in a better house, I'd take care of it. But with this attitude, we are trying to reverse the faithfulness equation. You can't say, God, give me abundance and I'll manage it well. That's not what faithfulness is. Faithfulness says, I will do my very best with what I have, even if at times it doesn't feel like much. And many times we hear about a movie star, a politician, or an athlete, and yes, even a pastor, who seems to have it all, and yet throws it away with foolish decisions and reckless behavior. And we wonder, why would somebody do such a thing? Well, it's only natural to ask this question, but the real question we must ask ourselves is, why should I risk squandering my opportunity? Even if my opportunity isn't as visible as there, why should I squander my chance? Now, you may not be a household name. You may be serving in obscurity, but God is calling you to be faithful today with what you have, no matter how your holdings compare with those of others. You can be sure of this. When you're faithful with what you have, you open the door for greater opportunities. That's why Jesus said in verse 21, you've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. So if you want to learn or earn the label faithful, you begin today with what you have, even if it doesn't seem like much. Now, here's the second way to cultivate faithfulness. Do your best with what you've got, even when no one is looking. A key phrase in our text, I think, is verse 15. After the master handed out the talents, Jesus said, then he went on his journey. In other words, he let them do their job without supervision. So if you need someone looking over your shoulder 24-7 to do what's right, friends, you'll have a hard time developing a quality of faithfulness because much of what you do is unobserved. Your greatest strides in the quality of faithfulness will be made without an audience. Now, here's an important distinction we all need to make. I believe that there should be an accountability structure in place for everyone. And I'm talking about the checks and balances that we establish to make sure we stay on track. We all must answer to someone. However, no amount of accountability can overcome a lack of character. And our faithfulness is an extension of our character. There will be times in your life when the master is on a journey, and it may feel like no one is watching, not even God. And it may feel like he's never coming back, and all you've got to work with is some little amount, not nearly as much as everyone else, and after all, who's going to notice if he invested or spent it or bury it? I mean, what difference will it make? Well, I want you to know it makes a huge difference. What you do when no one is looking is where you build a foundation of faithfulness. I mean, great actors don't become great actors just because they got a lucky break in a blockbuster. Sometimes some pretty mediocre actors got a lucky break, but they're just a one-hit wonder. No, instead, great actors become great actors because they have taken the time to perfect their craft and learn their lines and create their character even when no one is watching. If you want to cultivate faithfulness, you do it without an audience. Do your best even when no one is looking. And here's the third way. Make it a daily endeavor, even if you can't predict the outcome of your efforts. See, these servants were given the talents, didn't know what would happen with their investment. It was a risk they had to take, and the first two were willing to take it. The third guy wasn't willing to risk anything, so he did nothing. Now, think of all the effort involved in doubling your money. It's not easy. If you want to double your money, and I, I want to make it clear, I'm not speaking from experience here, you must make some extremely shrewd, well-informed decisions. You buy a property and you flip it. 
You invest in an expanding business. You short sell overvalued stocks. You go long on the hidden gems. You work at it day after day to double your return. It's a daily grind in which you must be consistent and persistent. And even then, success is never guaranteed. Your other option is, of course, to bury everything in the ground and do nothing. Now, there are many people who want, in theory, to be faithful and effective in the Christian life, except they have this nagging doubt, what if it doesn't work? What if I'm faithful and I never get blessed? What if I'm faithful and I can't make ends meet? What if I'm faithful and I end up unhappy? What if I'm faithful and life just passes me by? Am I willing to take that risk? Well, friends, oftentimes it's not the fear of failure that holds us back. It's the fear of futility. I'm a football fan, and maybe some of you are too, but do you know what the backup quarterback does on every team? Well, he prepares each week as if he's the starter. He studies film, he memorizes the playbook, he goes over the game plan, he's ready in every possible way in case he goes in. He never knows when his chance will come, but when it comes, he must be ready. Let's go back to last year's Super Bowl. Super Bowl winning quarterback Nick Foles was a backup last year for the Philadelphia Eagles. The, the starter, Carson Wentz, was injured later in the season, and many thought his injury put an end to the chance the Eagles had of winning a championship. But Foles had been faithful in his commitment to prepare, and he was ready for the challenge. Now, the same can be said of any understudy on Broadway. They prepare and practice just like the star, never knowing when their chance may come, but they must be ready. So here's what I'm saying. You don't always know the outcome of your efforts. You could write a book, but who knows if anyone will read it. It's a risk. You can start a business, but who knows if the business will be a success. It's a risk. You work in ministry for years, even decades, but who knows if you'll ever draw a huge crowd or even see results. It's a risk. But friends, it's a risk worth taking because even though uh, you cannot predict the outcome of your efforts, your faithfulness will not go unnoticed by the one who matters most, your Heavenly Father. He sees what no one else sees. Matthew 6, 4 says, Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Therefore, Paul said, Therefore, dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And that's 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. Now, in the chapter before today's text, Jesus told another story about the importance of being ready. In chapter 24, verses 45 and 46, he said, who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Now, when Jesus says doing so, he's talking about being faithful every day because you never know when your chance will come. If you want to establish a foundation of faithfulness, make it a daily endeavor, even if you can't predict the outcome. You know, of the hundreds, actually probably thousands of geysers that exist throughout the world, some of them in breathtaking locations, Old Faithful is the most famous for one reason, and that reason is found in its name, Faithful. It means that it's consistent, dependable, and reliable. This quality alone makes it far more than a novelty of nature. It makes it a standout, a natural wonder of the world. Do you want to stand out? in your work, in your relationships, in your health and finances, in your walk with Jesus the Christ, then cultivate this quality. Even if you don't have much to work with, even if nobody is looking over your shoulder, even if you're uncertain about the outcome, 
Make it your daily endeavor endeavor to be as faithful as you can in every area of life. Make it your endeavor to live a, a, a long obedience in the same direction. The truth is none of us are as faithful as we want to be. But no matter where you are today, you can develop a more faithful quality of character. You know what you need to do. Do it today. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, feel the passion.